Hi, I'm Barry Hamaguchi. And I'm Jason Marcos. This is Flop Redeemer, the podcast where we discuss the stories behind our favorite pop flops and why you should give these songs a second chance. In the 90s, pop singer Jennifer Lopez wrote a wave of success, starting as a fly girl on TV's In Living Color and ending the decade as a certified triple threat. But after a string of hit movies and albums, 2007's Brave proved a threat to no one, and its second single, Hold It, Don't Drop It, failed to chart. We did it. We did it. You made it through. I made it. Um, welcome back, Jason. Welcome. It's, it's good to see you. It's we're we're, we're back at it again. Mm-hmm. We thought it would never happen. Season dose temperatures. I feel like uh, the temperatures in Los Angeles dropping to the seventies signaled that like our summer break was over. Was over. And then and then of course as soon as we decided to do it again. 92 degrees. Yeah. But my garage right now is is heating up as we speak. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, you I'm... can see it in my webcam. My garage is heating up. <laughs> um, All right. We'll keep it short. Yes. Well, we'll yeah. And and so this is the thing where, you know, we, we, we took the summer off. We uh, uh, paused and reflected. We thought about how to improve the show, uh, what we could do to be better prepared, and... Um, in short, I achieved nothing. <laughs> well, in the last five minutes, I think we've come to a great improvement. Okay. Which was, we're going to do two episodes a month. <laughs> <laughs> Our great improvement is that we're actually going to be doing less. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it just gives us more time to prepare. And like, to be honest, everything's changing our lives are ramping back up again yeah life uh, is life is returning to normal all of that uh extra time that i had uh to work on this which was funny we didn't have a whole lot of extra time generally (laughs) like even so i don't know about you yeah i guess somehow i have less and less time now though i mean a lot of that is the fact that like oh i don't have to be stuck at home all day i can go out yeah if i so desire yeah. Um, yeah. And so that 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 aspect of life returning to normal is subtracting time that I was otherwise spending working on this podcast with you. Um so yeah. I did enjoy, you know, as we prepared for this episode, I was like, oh yeah, this is fun. <laughs> I was stressed <laughs> out. I was like, I don't remember what we used to do to get ready for this. Uh I mean, yeah, I was stressed. I I will say I was stressed out after so i saw you midweek for the first time in a while and was that this week yeah okay and um you were like yes let's do this and i was stressed out probably until yesterday when i sat down to actually do i was like oh god oh god why are we doing this why did i commit to this this is too much why am i doing things i don't want to do and then i sat i was like no i do this is fine (laughs) and i mean that you know uh, my goal here is to create as low pressure a situation as possible without us just completely stopping doing this. Like, you know, I feel like putting on too much pressure, it's going to cause us to quit just because it's too much pressure. Right. Mm-hmm. And at this point in time, like there is no livelihood created by this podcast. This is really just for shits and giggles as far as Very. I'm concerned. I mean, we made $52. Oh yeah. Oh, you're, you're revealing the books. Oh, I mean the algorithm. <laughs> $52 for one year of ad revenue. Um yeah. Anyway. Uh so Jennifer Lopez, 
Jennifer Lopez. Wait, do we want to? Wait. Well, I was just going to, I was just going to, you know. Oh, get, jump you into know, it? Not jump into it. Just like, you know, ease on into this. Ease on, ease on down the road. Ease on down the road. As a callback to The Wiz. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're talking about Jennifer Lopez today. Um, she's actually come up quite a few times in previous episodes. I was revisiting all these touch points in the back of my mind about like, oh, Jennifer Lopez came up in the Mariah Carey episode, of course. She came up in the Ashanti episode. She comes up in Christina Milian's episode. Um, she's ever present in our uh, pop cultural minds. Well, and- now more than ever. She's having a resurgence. I mean, I thought for a while that her star had like completely faded, mm-hmm. you know, and then she kind of, you know, she's making it work again. She's she's out there hustling. Uh, she's back together with Ben Affleck, harkening I mean, back to her heyday. You know, J-Lo is truly impressive in that, you know, she's been, she's kind of been omnipresent. Like, I mean, yes, you know, I agree with you. There are times when you're like, maybe her star has dimmed, but she still remains A-list. And every time you see her, she's like promoting the one woman project that is J-Lo. Like, I cannot (laughs) ever really tell you what she's doing, but she shows up at things and you're like, oh yeah, she's J-Lo. She's still got it. She's still doing her thing. You know, like just, she's excellent at promoting herself. Even the thing with the Ben Affleck of it all. Which has been really interesting to watch. Um, I mean, she looks amazing. Uh, I think one of the highlights was her posting a couple weeks ago, for, or maybe a couple months ago now, um, for her birthday on a yacht um, with Ben. And it was like, she, I guess she, what, she turned like 52. Mm-hmm. And she looks amazing, obviously. She's back on a yacht. She's glowing. She's back on I, a yacht. Okay, look. I well, because it's, it's a throwback yeah. to the... Uh, was that the to, My Love Don't Cost a Thing video or the Jenny from the Block video? Uh, no, My Love Don't Cost a Thing. Okay. But let me tell you, the yacht cost a thing. That yacht, $675,000 a week to charter. Well, I mean, between her and Ben Affleck, I'm sure that they they could cobble together those funds. I, I assume so. I'm, But also, here's the thing. Again, speaking about her, her promotional prowess... They kept referencing, like, because there were a bunch of friends and stuff who were on the yacht with her celebrating. And all of them were posting. And they, you know, they mentioned the name of the yacht a couple times. And I don't know if you're, Uh, if you ever watch this, most celebrities don't ever mention the name of the yacht. Like, they're just on some, like, you look at Beyonce, mm -hmm. and she's always on a yacht. But, like, you never know what it is. I think there's some promo because then when mm. I looked up the the yacht, it, it you can buy it, and they were also trying to really charter it. So I'm assuming, like again, in her some sponsored PR, content there in her PR tour de force, she's and also it's no, it, I mean, look clearly, she's successful if she's on a yacht that's you know almost three quarters of a million dollars a week to rent. So it's all it all goes together. I mean and that's the thing about JLo that's so amazing to me always. That, you, know, uh, you know what's funny yeah. to me is that reportedly one of the reasons that Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez broke up the first time was because of all of the media frenzies surrounding their relationship that he didn't like that that like you know she she does she just kind of attracts media attention to herself whether that's intentional or unintentional, right? So I wonder how they're going to fare this time around. Because I do feel like Ben Affleck has tried to remain 
like a relatively private person. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously like the, the tabloids and the paparazzi have captured kind of like uh, his struggles. <laughs> his struggles with the Dunkin' Do- Donut Donuts orders every morning. <laughs> some of those paparazzi photos are some of my favorite of all time. I think which, just, which, I, yeah. he, he, I mean, I'm thinking also about like, uh, you know, he's his addictions, his addictions, um, like the unflattering, like bloated and smoking Ben Affleck. The back tattoo. Back tattoo's fine. No, it is not. I mean, that's... It's a bad one, though. It's, it, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I just mean in, in terms of piling onto the struggles. <laughs> I think that back tattoo is is fine. I'm going to go on on record. It's just a lot of colors. I think that Jennifer mm-hmm. Lopez said that, too. That it's, it's fine. It's just, like, too many colors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the divorce, the, you know, all of it. Who was so, that woman that Ben Affleck was dating before he was dating Jennifer Lopez? Uh, what's her name? Uh, 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 she was in Knives Out. Was she? Yeah. Oh, oh, Anna de Armas. Uh huh. Yeah. No, but wasn't there someone before? Oh, uh, never mind. This is no. It was is... Anna de Armas. No, no, no. Before Anna de Armas, there was like a woman, oh. blonde woman. I don't know. Anyway. I don't really follow him. Like I, you know, he came. He came again to prominence again because of the, the research. I, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned that that's why they broke up. Um, it's been what 14, 15 years now. They broke up in two thousand four. Yeah, so seventeen years. Jeez. Yeah. Like, so much has happened in seventeen years. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're pro- they're PR pros at this point. You know what I mean? And they're like. He was in need of some kind of rehab and a refresh because he does look better these days and Mm. it's burnishing his star again. I mean, that's how it was when they were together the first time. I felt Mm. like she really imparted on him a patina of like uh, refinement. Mm -hmm. Like he wasn't necessarily like he was always kind of like a heartthrob dude in the early 2000s but when he was with jennifer lopez that was when he was like really polished and really groomed you know yeah in a way that like we hadn't seen from him before so i feel like she has a good handle on like how to uh mold and shape him so i agree best of luck best of luck to you jennifer lopez to these crazy kids yeah anyway um should we just take a break and get into it well, before we take a break, why don't I just remind the listeners that songs and videos featured in today's episode will be posted to our website, flopredeemer.com. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice. Check us out on social at flopredeemer on Instagram and Twitter and at Facebook at fl- facebook.com slash flopredeemer. And as always, email us at flopredeemer at gmail.com. We do see you and we are aware. We will take those suggestions under advisement. Someday I will open an email. I will. I will. All right. Let's go to break. Okay, we're back. We're back. Jason, we're back. We're back. Just like those dinosaurs. You remember that movie? We're back. 
those dinosaur it was a, it was an animated movie <laughs> i do not i do not remember that. the dinosaurs were trying to get back back to the museum of natural history uh this that pop cultural reference is moving farther and farther away from me i don't know what we're right. talking about okay so uh we're talking about jennifer lopez today jennifer lynn lopez did you know that her middle name was lynn isn't well, that weird? Because her middle name is Lynn, and isn't her sister's name like Linda? Linda. Linda Lopez. Listen, Linda. Yeah. I just thought it was... I, anyway. I, I don't... She doesn't look like a Lynn to me. Mm-mm. Anyway. Um, so I'll just get into telling you all about this uh, woman, Jennifer Lopez. Do you know her? I am familiar. Oh, so you, 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 you missed the punchline. Oh, I don't know her. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, wait you can't see me shaking my head no no, no i don't i don't know her although uh, a, a little bird told me or maybe it was a what was it it was like a printout at your house that you had a geocities webpage in high school about jennifer lopez oh my god yeah well okay jennifer lopez was my quote-unquote beard um when i came out to my best friend my junior year of high school it was the summer after my junior year of high school i was like I asked, because he came out first. I was like, you're gay, right? He was like, yes. And I was like, okay, because I'm bi. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because I still love Jennifer Lopez. And then two weeks later, I was like, you know, I'm gay. I don't want to have sex with Jennifer Lopez. I want to dress Jennifer Lopez. So see, this is, you're in high school. What year? Was this like 99? Yeah, 99. So this was right after be, or before the green dress okay like that time mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know iconic um, green dress the iconic green dress uh yeah it was kind of and, and she was ever I, I i had seen that movie out of sight mm-hmm, i think mm-hmm. and i loved that movie i I, I have to time. admit i don't know that i've seen jennifer lopez movies most of them uh, I mean, the, I don't normally watch them, I will say, but like that movie, Out of Sight, she's very good in. Um, yeah, critically acclaimed. I, yeah. I just, I, like in doing the research for this episode, I was like, oh, what Jennifer Lopez films have I actually seen? The only one I can remember seeing is The Cell, which was not a good movie. I know. I remember The Cell and I remember thinking that like, is this good? Like I couldn't, because it was so, was it Tarsim Singh, I think is the director? And he was... He was famous, it, like his his cinematography and like his visuals. The visuals, yeah. You know, it was it was very highbrow, but like it was a bad movie. Yeah, I really don't remember. I remember it was like Vincent D'Onofrio. Mm-hmm. In my head, it's like it's There's like Silence. It's like Silence of the Lambs pieces. meets Jennifer Lopez in like a skin tight bodysuit. Yeah, that's all I remember. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Let's go back in time. Jennifer Lopez, she gets her start as um, a fly girl on the sketch comedy show In Living Color, which aired on Fox from 1990 to 1994. Um, you know, it launched the careers of like Jim Carrey, Jamie Foxx, um, the Wayans brothers, Damon Wayans, Marlon Wayans, Keenan Ivory Wayans. Um, oh, the mom from That's So Raven, she was on In Living Color. And then in addition, uh, you know, there were these kind of dance numbers that happened and featuring, and they featured the Fly Girls, one of whom was Jennifer Lopez. Um, another one was Carrie Ann Inaba. 
the judge from uh, Dancing really? with Stars. Yeah, she was a she was. Oh, that's right. Because isn't she in the video too? That one video. I don't know. I don't know. That one video. Sorry, that's the way love goes. I'm trying to remember who is was in she. The... I don't Jennifer know. Lopez no, I definitely look. is. Jennifer so, Lopez definitely is. So Jennifer Lopez, she gets she gets her start on In Living Color. Um, for any of us that were there, you just remember that like In Living Color was like this edgier version of Saturday Night Live, featured a a majority black cast. Um, I think it had a little bit more cultural impact, maybe at the time. I think that at the time, like in the late '80s, is when Saturday Saturday Night Live became like really uneven. You know, it's it it got a reputation for sometimes sucking. There was a whole period where like Lorne Michaels had left Saturday Night Live and um, you know, they had a bunch of different cast members kind of circulate in and out. Like uh Damon Wayans was actually on Saturday Night Live for like two episodes before he was fired. Julia Louis Dreyfus was on for a little bit, Anthony Michael Hall. Like they, it was very uneven at the time and it didn't regain its footing, I don't think, until like the early nineties when Lorne Michaels came back. Um but that's neither here nor there because Jennifer Lopez, she was on in living color as a fly girl. Um, at the time she was also working as a dancer for Janet Jackson. And as you mentioned, she makes an appearance in the music video for that's the way love goes. It was one of Janet Jackson's friends. Um, in, in that period of time around 1993, uh, Jennifer Lopez, she has the opportunity reportedly to go on tour with Janet Jackson, but she opts to focus on her acting career instead. So this is kind of a bold move for her. Um, at the time, reportedly, like Jennifer Lopez is taking acting lessons. So she, this is something that she's pursuing in earnest. And yeah, she makes a go of it in the 90s. And her first big kind of breakout success is starring in the movie Selena in 1997. She stars as Selena Quintanilla, the uh, Tejano artist who was tragically murdered in what was that 95 selena yeah i think so so you know jennifer lopez stars in this bio uh biopic about selena in 1997 she becomes the first uh latina actress to earn one million dollars for a movie role and she receives tons of accolades for it um and that kind of parlays its way into further acting roles she stars in anaconda uh, with alongside Ice Cube, John Voight, Eric Stoltz, and Owen Wilson. I have actually seen portions mm-hmm. of that movie. Mm-hmm. It's kind of wild. I don't know if I've seen the whole thing, but I know I've seen at least parts of it. And then she, I remember when she did Out of Sight with George Clooney in 1998, that's when people really started to take notice of her. Like she's an exceptionally talented actress and she started getting like big accolades. And it seemed like, her acting career was what was going to make her star basically. Right. Mm -hmm. But she says that at least in part because of her experience doing the Selena movie and getting that experience of like being performing in front of a crowd, she had this desire to pursue a music career as well. Um, I think it should be noted also that like, strangely enough, like Jennifer Lopez I think she wanted to sing in the Selena movie, but like she actually ends up lip syncing to another vocalist's vocals for that role. Um, But, you know, she starts to pursue the idea of starting a music career. And then maybe coincidentally, maybe it's all just a music industry 
preconceived machination is the Latin explosion, the the big Latin ex- music explosion of 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember this. Yeah, like, didn't it seem like... I feel like we all treated it like it was something that was, like, totally out of the blue, out of nowhere. Ricky Martin is performing on the Grammys and, like, you know news coverage was literally all about this performance that Ricky Martin had put on at the Grammys. And everyone's like, Oh my gosh, like Latin music artists have never existed before. And now here they all are like, let's welcome them into our English speaking pop cultural like sphere. Right. Like all of a sudden it was just a barrage of like Ricky Martin, your Enrique Iglesias's, your uh, Mark Anthony's, your Paulina Rubio's, your Talia's, your Shakira's. And in the mix was also Jennifer Lopez. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I will cop to, you know, maybe I wasn't as cosmopolitan as you in 1999 <laughs> uh, living in Hawaii, but I was like, I don't know none of these people. And then Ricky Martin did Cup of Life at the Grammy Awards. And I was like, who is this beautiful man? And what is this song? It's amazing. Because like, truly, there was, I mean, there was nothing that sounded, I mean, not, I want to say in the US popular music culture, that did not exist, right? And clearly it existed for the rest of the world. And we were catching up and it's like, oh yeah, obviously. Um, but it would that was so different. And then like the Enrique Iglesias of it all, too. I mean, <laughs> another just gorgeous, gorgeous man. Well, I, I mean, don't like his voice. Oh, really? I mean, not really, but when he did Bailamos and he's walking into the water. Oh, that wet shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, when the it's rhythm not... takes you over, Bailamos. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I had any idea who any of these artists were. I just think that it was something that, like, not that it was staged, but there was definitely, like, this was in the works. I think that what probably actually happened was that, like, Selena Quintanilla, like, she made the crossover from Tejano music, Spanish language Mm -hmm. music, and she posthumously released um, her English language, like, pop debut. Mm -hmm. And... The success of that album, I think, proved to the music industry that there was a market for this music, that um, Latin music didn't need to be niche, that it could be marketed to mainstream American pop audiences and would be embraced, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, Jennifer Lopez, she kind of enters the the chat at this point in time. Um, She had been thinking about trying to pursue a music career and her manager Benny Medina had been shopping her around to different labels mm-hmm. and I guess uh, originally they were shopping her around as like a Spanish language singer and Tommy Matola, head of Sony Music also ex-husband of Mariah Carey took an interest in Jennifer Lopez and actually suggested that she uh, record music in English which resulted in Jennifer Lopez's debut album on the six, uh, which gave us the hit singles, uh, if you had my love and waiting for tonight. And what do you think about those? I mean, cause when she okay. came on the scene, cause, cause like, okay, she had been Selena and then, you know, she had done these different acting things. This is where I start getting to like the weirdness about JLo to me. Okay. Because like I said, I was obsessed. I mean, I, I was like, Oh, she's gorgeous. And she's a talented actress, right? And 
she just had this knack for like the you know just just she was beautiful i mean i i don't know i would she's just gorgeous and 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 all of this stuff so then she comes out with these songs mhm i was skeptical uh but yeah cuz okay. like i mean even when the songs came out i was like well uh, <sighs> if you had my love it like it's catchy i i i don't i don't want to say i don't like it but i feel like a lot of why i I don't have negative feelings towards the song. It's just that it was everywhere for a while. And there was that music video. But I just remember being like, is this her voice? <laughs> really? Okay. Well, okay. So we'll get it. We'll get into that part of well, it later. No, just but... like, I mean, just like this, this is, this is who we're, you know, Mariah was still in her prime. I mean, we have like, Christina Aguilera, I think, at this time already. We have we have a Britney um, Spears though. We have well, you know, as we know, I think this is I think this is a signifier of the turn that pop music is taking. Yeah, I I don't think that I don't think that um, even in that era, Mariah is not uh, singing the way that she was in the early nineties. I feel like her songs in the late nineties become a little more restrained. You know, I think that there is a little bit of resistance, even with like Christina Aguilera, for example, um, music industry resistance to like don't oversing things anymore. Basically, yeah. like that I mean, was that was like, like falling out of falling out of fashion for like more uh, straightforward pop tunes. Yeah, you know? I mean, you still had you know what Heartbreaker came out in 1999, right? Or was it 2000? No, it came out in 1999. It's, I mean... I, I guess I just think that, like, yes, Mariah Carey was still the vocal powerhouse. She was still demonstrating power, but she wasn't doing the acrobatics that she was doing in the early No, 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 no. Yeah, you're right. She wasn't, she wasn't, well, yeah. There, yeah, was, yeah, a, there she, was a, there was a, there was a, there was a seismic shift in, like, what pop music was. There was, but I, I feel like we still, at this time, <laughs> valued singers. Like, that was still a, I mean... And it was starting to be less of a thing to your point about it, like a, a shift away, you know, like because well, we were coming out of the decade of the 90s with all of these massive pop divas, Whitney, Celine, you know, you have Mariah. You There's I mean, always room singers. for a Paula Abdul, though. Always uh, room for was a Paula there, Abdul. Was there? Because by late 90s, there was not room for a Paula she, Abdul. She broke her back in a plane crash that, that no, no one, one can, can prove existed. <laughs> But I think that's the thing for me with J-Lo. Like, it was like, I was like, huh. Because I, I'm i like fascinated by her, but like, I don't think I love her voice. And I was, no. I was, it was very interesting to me because everything was so glamorous. Waiting for Tonight was like such, I mean, it's a beautiful video. She looks gorgeous in it. Um, great gowns, beautiful gowns. Great. <laughs> well, what's also funny is I believe... The, the shots that they use, like when they're like getting ready or whatever, they're like in these like, buildings and um it's are they getting ready they're getting ready for like a y2k event event. in like the amazon Uh uh-huh but i'm pretty sure it's like the buildings they use are like the dorms at university of hawaii manoa because i lived in them the next year (laughs) and it's like like exactly where they're set like there's like a mountain which is the you know i was like what? Like, that's so random that they would use that, you know, like... <laughs> they needed a tropical <laughs> paradise, a so they went to the dorms at UH. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, okay, so to your point, though, like, I don't think you're ever going to, like, a Jennifer Lopez song 
just for the singing. Yeah. You absolutely will not. I think that, you know, to what we were talking about, about Jennifer Lopez and the PR machine behind her, is that the total package that you get with Jennifer Lopez is what makes the magic, I think. Like, I remember, like, if you had my love, it was, you know, not the greatest vocal performance, maybe, but it had that video that was all about, like, webcams and, like, the Mm -hmm. internet. And at the time, that felt very, like, of the moment and very Mm -hmm. now. And even, like, Waiting for Tonight, like, that whole, like, Y2K thing that we were approaching. The lasers. Yeah. Oh, and that that iconic moment. And this is one thing that I do love about Jennifer Lopez is that in the making the video for Waiting for Tonight, um, I think it was a Dave Myers video, mm-hmm. but there's a part in Waiting for Tonight where she's like painted gold and she's like dancing and there is a a green array of lasers just shooting out from behind her, creating this like, you know, star green starburst of lights around her and i remember in the making the video for that video that um something burned her shoulder right allegedly allegedly something like she had a burn on her shoulder Mm -hmm. and they had to stop production to assure her like no like these lasers it's not that kind of laser it's basically just a really strong green light and like direct to camera jennifer lopez says like, what does she say? She's like, I might, I'm, I'm no expert on the laser, but something burnt the shit out of my arm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she, she had, at this point, she'd already given that. Do you remember that? There's that fiery interview from Movie Line that, that like shows up um, every once in a while where, you know, she basically is like, I'm, I'm the best. And she like <laughs> shit talks everybody. Like she said, Cameron Diaz is a model who is a lucky model who got, you know, a lot of great opportunities that she wished she did more with. But when oh. she saw her in, um, there's something about Mary uh, or the my best friend's wedding that like, oh, I guess when she's directed, she can be good. And, oh, uh, you I know, like I don't remember that. That's I will very send you this brand. Well, this was it almost. I mean, she talked shit about everybody. She talked bad about Oliver Stone. She talked. Oh, like, did, oh, well, Oliver didn't Oliver Stone make her do like a nude scene that she was like really something uncomfortable like that. with? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying you know it's it's it is interesting, and I think you know as we talk about some of this, like, um, and as we talk about some of the other artists, you know, this year as we uh, this season, um, just 20 years ago, 22 years ago now at this point is so long ago in terms of we've come so far in terms of how we think about some of these things and and interviews and the press and um you know how people portray themselves and what they're saying and like you know we didn't have a lot of grace at the time i think and 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 not a lot of nuance i guess is probably even better i guess also too like at the time you know media scrutiny wasn't the same in like 99 2000 as it would become in like 03 04 05 like Mm -hmm. jennifer lopez she talks about um like the effect that increased tabloid scrutiny had on her relationship with ben affleck in like 2004 Mm -hmm. because at that time it was it was the dawn of you know cheap 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 digital photography so like everyone could get a digital camera and chase you around in their car right Mm -hmm. that's really when that started happening it before that i feel like you could slip up in the media maybe a handful of people ever hear about it right because there's no youtube there's no 
you know, uh, well, in, in the case Perez of Hilton. this interview, uh, movie line doesn't exist anymore. So <laughs> the only way, the only way it exists is because of like uploaded scans of the actual magazine. And yeah. that's why, you know, people forget, but yeah, no, to your, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, where, where, what were we talking about? Oh, so, you know, this, so Jennifer Lopez, she debuts her music career again. It's the total package. I think that is so fascinating with her because she has this hit album. She goes to the Grammys that year in her iconic green dress. It becomes like the most Googled image like of that year is just people wanting to see Jennifer Lopez in this plunging neckline green dress. And I mean, it's the reason Google images exists now. It is. I mean, Google Images didn't exist at the time, and yeah. because they 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 created a, a search engine specifically for images after this, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, think about because that that I was mean, an iconic moment. It's one of her many accolades. Like the whoever is managing her Wikipedia presence is all about like the accolades and superlatives mm-hmm. for Jennifer Lopez because she truly. Mm-hmm has achieved a great deal of firsts and biggests and bests, you know, in her career. Um, so, you know, she follows, she follows up on the six in 1999 with 2001's JLo. And that's where we get the singles. Love don't cost a thing. I'm real play. Ain't it funny. Um, and she becomes the first woman in history in January 2001 to have a number one film and the number one album in the same week. And, you know, speaking of intersections with other episodes, you know, also in 2001, later that year, is when Mariah Carey makes her attempts at the same feat with Glitter, which obviously did not work out. Did not do it. Uh, it was <laughs> a Glitter Bomb. Yes, it did not do uh, the same for Mariah. Um, I think play from that, you know, play. Mm-hmm. I think that might be my favorite Jennifer Lopez song. Okay. That's like the biggest, that's like the lowest charting single, I think. That's the Christina Milian single. Yeah. But I, I think it, I think it's one of those, it's one of those songs. And we'll talk about this as you talk about some of the other songs. But like, I, to me, that is J-Lo. Like it's it huh. her 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 voice it's slick right like because a, a lot of these songs were like very slick and I think that's what's interesting about um, hold it don't drop it um, which we're gonna talk about um, is hold it don't drop it is like very retro it's like aggressively yeah. funky and like if you think about most other J Lo songs they're very like futuristicy and digital yeah um, play it's like is dance one of those pop songs kind very, of yeah very dance pop and. I feel like that works really well with her voice, like within her vocal limitations. I feel like everything in that song, it works for her. Even the the thing at the end where she's like, she can't sing crazily, but she's like, play my motherfucking song. And it just, <laughs> it still sounds okay. Cause like, she's basically talking, you know, like she's just shouting it. She's got um, a very laid back kind of vocal delivery that never yeah. really, it never really strays into like uh, intensity or, mm-hmm. but it's a fun song passion. and it kind of stays in that level. That's, that's what yeah. I like. So uh, yeah, that, that, that song so, from that album, I forgot that that was that long ago, 2001, 20, that song is 20 years old. Yeah. God, this is what it's like to get old. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm timeless though it's timeless um so then 
Uh, following 2001, she has a pretty big 2002. She releases two hit albums in 2002. The remix album J to the LO, which is the first remix album in history to top the Billboard charts. Um, that is led off by the Ain't It Funny Murder Inc. remix featuring Ja Rule. So this is where, um, you know, to talk about Jennifer Lopez's wheelhouse kind of being dance pop. Also in this period of time, she's coming off of the success of the I'm Real remix, also featuring Ja Rule, also an affront to Mariah Carey. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Coming for her game. Coming for her gig. You know, but she's coming off of that success and... And that's when it's it starts to be a game for Jennifer Lopez of like um, playing around with like R and B hip hop a little bit more, mm-hmm. right? And I th- I mean I kind of agree with you that her wheelhouse really is dance pop, and when she starts to stray into R and B hip hop, it's not. There's others that do it much better than her. <laughs> I agree, but you know, in this again, okay. So this is my thing with J Lo. I as much as I agree with you, I like all of these songs, like the "Ain't It Funny" remix. I like the "I'm Real" remix, uh, Jenny from the Block. When I listen to them, I think even even "Get Right," which is later, mm-hmm. but like, I think I like them because they were omnipresent at the clubs we were going to, and so okay. I have really positive associations with them. But like, I don't. I mean, she never nails it with the vocal. Yeah, I think like her collaborators and her producers have so much to do with like the goodwill that these generate, um, and like you know to your point about like she's a great actress. So the videos, her performance in these videos, I mean she's a talented dancer. Like she's and she's gorgeous and she's just a clothes horse. You put it all together and it's like okay, like it's it's not surprising that these kind of nail it. But yeah, not my favorite of this genre, and. None of them are my favorite songs. No, no. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like the Ain't It Funny remix, I could do without that one. Mm-hmm. I think I, I do like the I'm Gonna Be All Right remix, that the, the remix that had Nas in it. That was actually like a cool remix. I liked that one. Um, but, the, you know, nonetheless, big hit for her. Later mm-hmm. that year, in November 2002, she releases This Is Me, dot, 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 then, which is still an album title I cannot comprehend. <laughs> Um, but that gave us the hits Jenny from the Block. It also gave us All I Have featuring LL Cool J. And um, I'm glad. I don't... Okay, so I barely remember I'm glad. I Jenny from the Block I loved at the time. Because mm-hmm. that was so fun to dance to. Yeah. But you and I listened to that song in the car earlier this week. I believe. And it goes nowhere. Because you, you think about like... I think remember the knock about that song was that there were like 14 writers for that song and it's so repetitive now. Like if you're not in the club and you're just listening to that song in the car, you're like, Oh my God, there's like, it's just <laughs> it repeats the chorus so many times. And then all I have with LL Cool J, the chorus from that, it means a hook from an old song. Yeah. Right? Um, it, her voice is so bad on that song. Yeah. I mean, I mean that that song is the signature hit from that album. Yeah, that was the, that was the number one single from that album. Um, LL Cool J carries that song. The sample mm-hmm. actually carries the the listening back to that song now. I was like, oh, I, I don't even remember the parts that J Lo is singing in the song. Mm-hmm. When I listened back, I was like, oh, all I remember about this song is um, the sample. Really, 
you know, and that carries that song. Um, but again, big hit for her, you know, she's continuing to act. So it's, it's interesting because every year she's releasing albums and acting and hit films at the same time. Uh, 2002, she, uh, stars in the film enough. And then later that year, also in the film made in Manhattan. Um, and it's, I don't think I've seen that movie. I never, I've never seen any of these movies. So, but I remember enough was the, enough was the one where she had to like take vigilante justice against like an abusive spouse. I just remember the commercials and the trailers. Yeah. And she had that wig, that short hair, short hair. Yeah. It was, it's not even a Bob. What kind of wig is that? Isn't it? It was kind of wavy, right? Oh, I don't know. It's like an Edie Falco. Or no, am I, am I thinking about what was the movie where, there was a recent movie where Jennifer Lopez was with Viola Davis and it was two women's names and one of them, it's like fight club. Mm-hmm. I'll, put, I'll leave it at that. I, I, that's actually another Jennifer Lopez movie that I saw anyway, neither here nor there. <laughs> um, it's mm-hmm. reported that um, in 2002, uh, Jennifer Lopez suffers a nervous breakdown during production of enough just because it's so she's training very hard. She's learning like Krav Maga for that role. And then in addition, like it's just a very hard role to do. Just constantly coming from Mariah. Yeah. Interesting. Cause like, you know, Mariah Carey suffers her nervous breakdown in 2001 and then not to be outdone. Jennifer Mm -hmm. Lopez pushes herself to the very edge in 2002 during the filming of enough. So she decides to take a little hiatus after that from music anyway. Hmm. Um, and then, I mean, you know, I hate to say that like pop stars need to constantly be putting stuff out, but I feel like we've seen that before that like pop stars are only as relevant as they are like constantly putting material out, right? Like Britney Spears was putting out an album basically every 16 months. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Rihanna was putting out albums every 14 to 15 months, right? Like it's kind of a constant battle to just keep your keep your name in people's mouths basically. Mm-hmm. And when JLo takes this hiatus, that's when things start to slow down for her. 2003 is notably the year that the movie Gili comes out mm. in the long list of Jennifer Lopez superlatives. Gili is noted for being one of the worst movies of all time. Uh, it's also where she romantically connects with Ben Affleck. So this is where her romance with Ben Affleck begins. Um, So she's in this very high profile relationship with Ben Affleck, right? There's a lot of media attention on the relationship. They get all the way to the point where their, their wedding was supposed to happen, but there were, I think it was like, there was so many helicopters and so much media frenzy around it that they decided to postpone their wedding. And then, uh, by January of 2004, their relationship is just over. And it is that thing um, we talked about in the intro where uh, reportedly Ben Affleck just didn't like all of the attention, you know, the attention that their relationship brought upon them. He was just like, it was too much for their relationship to overcome. And Jennifer Lopez talks about how, like, at the time, this was a relatively new thing, you know, with the paparazzi, with the helicopters and just being basically having your whole life being this chase you know, and um, in my memory, like this is when Jennifer Lopez starts to get a reputation for being like a modern day Liz Taylor. Mm-hmm. Right. At least in part because 
she starts to go through a lot of relationships. At this point, um, when she's about to marry Ben Affleck, that would I think that would have been her third marriage already. Yeah, because she was secretly married. She was married like before she was famous, and oh, then yes, she yes. was. Did she get married to Chris Judd? She was with no, Chris Judd no, for no, a but long she, time. So she was she, no. Yeah, she, okay. But she was secretly married to that model. Oh, oh, honey, Noah. Yeah, they divorced in like '97, though. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, and then she was um, with Chris Judd for a while. Then she was with Ben Affleck. I think Chris Judd was after. No, oh, I guess no. Chris Judd then Ben Affleck because within six months of canceling her wedding with Ben Affleck, she was married to Mark Anthony, which I forgot it was that quick. And so, yeah, it is fast. one of these things where, like, you know, God, because this is twenty years ago, basically. It's like you you have to go back and you're just like, damn. Oh, yeah. A lot of stuff happened. And there was like, it's not just like, oh, here's the hits. Why didn't this work? You're like, oh, yeah, there was all this other stuff going on that contributed to it. So, you know, she she refers to that marriage to Mark Anthony like as I think it was like she referred to it as like a Band-Aid. That it was kind of a rocky start to a marriage. But like they had, you know, reportedly been friends for a very long time. Um, I think it just came under a lot of scrutiny because it did happen so fast. Like Jennifer Lopez went from flashing the giant pink diamond from Ben Affleck to married to another man within, within a year. Who arguably, I mean, is, I mean, Mark Antony is incredibly famous as well. Maybe not as much in the U S but like it is, I mean, you think (laughs) you're like, Oh, like that's crazy. Not, not uh, like that's gross. I'm just like, (laughs) Whoa, that's like, that's, great like you know yeah well i think at the time too there was such a striking difference between Mm. ben affleck and mark anthony yeah that it was a little bit shocking when it happened i think that i was surprised that that marriage lasted as long as it did you know they together they they had jennifer lopez's children Mm -hmm. um you know, and I, I think they they went to like 2011, maybe before they were divorced. Well, wasn't that? I mean, reportedly, wasn't the reason that she joined American Idol eventually was to pay off his debts? Yeah, I don't. You know, addi- I, there, was, there was there was there was a media tabloid frenzy around them yeah. too. I mean, I remember I I could be making this all up, but I recall that there were tabloid stories about like um Mark Anthony's penis being too big for her or something. Oh. And then they were like, but these are all they were like, these are probably media stories being planted by Mark Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember they did that movie. Was it El Cantante or something mm-hmm. like that? I mean and they were collaborating that whole yeah. time that they were together. Um oh, you know, so you know after they get married in 2004, she's still in hiatus. I wanted to get to the part where she really does release an album while they're married. It's a mm-hmm. uh, 2005's rebirth. Mm-hmm. And this is the album that features the song get right that you referred to earlier. Get right is a song penned by rich Harrison. It was originally intended for usher. Mm-hmm. Um, it had different lyrics and a different title when usher did the demo for it. Did it have the same melody, do we know? Um, I think it did. It, it definitely had the same sample. Mm-hmm. And it had, I think it did have like a lot of the same cadence. I think there is a version, a ripped version of it out there somewhere. But um, I think we've talked about this before that, you know, Rich Harrison 
uh, he did uh, Crazy in Love, and then he did One Thing for Amory. Mm-hmm. Um, before One Thing was released for Amory, Jennifer Lopez expressed interest in re-recording that song and releasing it herself. At which point, reportedly, Amory leaked it to radio just to like lay her claim on that song to prevent Jennifer Lopez from being able to record it herself. Um, and so kind of as a consolation or, you know, a workaround, basically, um, Rich Harrison gives Get Right to Jennifer Lopez. And um, this is her first single that does not break the top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100. It peaks at number 12. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, I I think she sounds screechy on this. It's album. it's a horribly unpleasant song. Yeah, and it's and it's like it's like you get her vocal confused with the screeching horn sample. Yeah, it's not a good combo. And and also like that melody line, right? It's very like that's it's a like, very challenging line, especially for someone with as thin and as tenuous a grasp on vocals. Yeah, and the Jim. whole melody, the whole melody of it is very like. It's very small moves. It's almost like spoke sung. And it's like lots of little chromatic moves. I mean, it's it it's one of those things that made me realize like crazy in love, one thing, a lot of the a lot of similar elements. The the talent that it takes to sell that melody is incredible yeah because like j-lo could not the do charisma it. that you have to inject into your voice and into that performance it, i mean yeah it's a i mean that is a it's a talent it is a skill so yeah but get right um in my opinion uh, a horribly unpleasant song um you know the the uh, the first signal in my mind that Jennifer Lopez was kind of losing her foothold. You know, after this album cycle, she moves into 2007's Brave and this is the studio album that gives us the single that we're talking about today, or the song that I'm trying to redeem today, which is Hold It, Don't Drop It. Again, it, you know, declining sales for Jennifer Lopez. This is her first album that doesn't crack into the top 10. Um, it's her first English language album to not go platinum in the United States. Um, you know, and I, I, I feel like it's the first album from Jennifer Lopez that a lot of people don't even remember. Mm-hmm. You know, when I brought up this song to you, like, I don't even know if you remembered I did anything not about know it. Yeah. I didn't know it. And I have to say, I, I I actually really like this song. And I'm glad you're redeeming it because it it brings up all of the things that we've been talking about where I'm like, it's a good song. And I think she actually she surprises me with her vocal because, you know, we were talking about with Get Right that, like, she doesn't have the charisma to really sell that song. And I feel like it's like she must have heard me from the future. And she's, like, trying to address that here because she gives a very, I want to say, a pretty convincing vocal performance on this song. It's guttural. This song is funky. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. actually just, like, pure funk, basically. Um, and 
And, uh, you know, that's not something she'd really done before. She'd done like very slick R&B or hip hop or dance, dance pop. So to hear her do this at the same time, though, like I, I don't want to hear her sing it. If that makes sense. Like I think, (laughs) right. Like I'm like, oh, this song would be amazing with like, cause it's almost like listening to the demo of something and you're like, okay, yeah. Okay. Sing it like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Those are good ad libs. And then, okay, let's get a real vocalist on the track. Well, I mean, so I don't know if I had mentioned this to you, but when this song did come out, there was a leaked, a leaked demo of this song by um, a singer named Cynthia Lissette. I'll have to look to see if I can find it. It it has been scrubbed from the internet. I could Mm. not find it when I was looking for it. Uh, But I remember. You don't say. Yeah. Who knows? But uh, what I do remember is that the Cynthia, like, her. the Cynthia Lissette version of the song is virtually indistinguishable. Okay. Aside from kind of like the verses being obviously sung by Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that for me anyway, the reason that this song is so good is because it is a, a dancey, poppy return to form for Jennifer Lopez, where I think that she had been experimenting with hip-hop R&B. She had been experimenting with a more sparse vocal production. Um, I think to your point about, you know, this song working in a way that Get Right didn't work, I think it is. it does have to do with the fact that she's largely drowned out by instrumentation and backing vocals. And, you know, the melody of it is just a much more conventional pop melody that I don't think is as hard to to sell. Yeah. And she, she's able to actually belt um, in a way that she doesn't normally. Cause like, I think, I think most of the time when she's singing, it's very much in her head, her head voice. Mm-hmm. And it so it's, it, it gets kind of nasal and thin and it doesn't necessarily make her voice. Isn't necessarily her voice is strong, right? She has a, which I, I am always amazed by because I'm like, she's singing so hard. And I'm like, who asked you to do this? <laughs> Because that's the thing. That's ultimately what I come away with this song. I'm like, who asked you to do? Like, who's asking for this from you? Uh, And I think about that, like, kind of with her whole career. Because she's so glamorous. She's a great actress. But I I am always like, why why was it so important for, for not just her, but for the industry to make Jennifer Lopez a, a singing superstar? Because, like, it's it's not really her strong suit. And I feel like, you know, she's giving us this performance in this song, which is impressive for Jennifer Lopez, mm-hmm. right? And it's surprising in kind of a good way. And yet I still don't want her to sing it. I want someone else to sing this song. Yeah. Um, but but you know what's also interesting is in going back, um, I looked up so I looked up the video for this song and um I mean, she's trying to just copy Amory. I mean, the, it's it the Amory of it all. It's she's in a soundstage. It's mostly black and white, um, singing in front of like a band or drums and mm-hmm. and like dance. It's like exactly the same. She's flinging herself around. Her hairography is 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 going, and and then you look up like the different performances of it. She's still doing it right. Like she was up until a couple years ago, she was doing it um in her Vegas residency. Like it was a highlight of that residency. Um, it was a key part of her, even her most recent world tour in 2019. I think that she thinks what I'm thinking. Like 
this is one of her best vocal performances <laughs> in a surprising way. And she's still out there trying to prove that, you know, she can do this. That she's got it. That she's got it. But it is, again, to my point about, like, who's asking for this from her. When you watch these performances, I can't help but think of Beyonce. Because, you know, Beyonce has kind of changed uh, sort of how some live, like, like, good or bad, she she creates spectacle out of her performances like walls of dancers right huge graphics just incredible charisma dance moves her hair is like one of the big parts of it like she uses Beyonce's famous for using her hair for these performances and I can see that in JLo for each of these performances only it's just her and like at most four dancers mm-hmm. usually it's three and she looks very small. Like she's putting on like, cause she's, she's, she's like bent over head down, flinging her hand and flipping it back. And then kind of doing these, these very syncopated moves that I can't help but think of Beyonce. Cause these look like Beyonce moves. She's wearing similar clothes and it's just, but she's not. And I think that's, what's funny about this. It's like JLo is a list to me until she gets on stage or opens her mouth for singing. And I'm like, she doesn't seem a like there. She seems kind of cheesy. Like, I mean, notoriously though, like J Lo for a long time did not tour and did not perform yeah. live. Yeah. Um. You know, I think she. I forget exactly why. Did she have like stage fright? But she wasn't. She definitely was not known for going on tour or anything like that in promotion of her albums. But kind of like. You know, who is Beyonce, really? Like, no one no one is Beyonce except for Beyonce. Yeah. I think that what actually makes me like Jennifer Lopez more than I like Beyonce is that Jennifer Lopez, again, big picture, has always seemed like a much more relatable person. I get that. Yeah. She's A-list. She's A-list glamour. She's a singer. She's a dancer. She's an actress. But she sits down with Andy Cohen and talks about how much she hates Ben Affleck's tattoo. Yeah, I mean she's she's got a sense of humor uh, that that Beyonce does not have. She and she gives about off, herself. She gives off at least the illusion that she is an open book. I don't. I, yeah. I doubt that she truly is, but mm-hmm. she is willing to go, you know, on Andy Cohen, on Wendy Williams, and be Leah Remini's best friend. You know, yeah. all that kind of stuff that just makes her seem like in a weird like paradox. She is like this untouchable a list glamour paired with like. Oh, this this woman that probably lives next door to you. Well, she's still Jenny from the block. Exactly. Like she's so capable of um embodying that. You yeah. Know? And I think she's I think that's probably I mean, not probably. It is key to her longevity, I think, too, right? Because otherwise there would be no tolerance, I think, for sort of I don't want to say the antics, but like the the high the, I don't know, just just the brittleness of her public <laughs> persona sometimes, right? And like, uh-huh. um, it would be all glamour. Like, it's all hard shell, no interior, right? And I think Beyonce kind of went the other way where it's like, she's kind of unknowable and she just cultivates mm-hmm. this thing of like, I am so different from you. Yeah, I think it's 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 that it's that stamp of a pop star that is like untouchable. Like your Michael Jackson's or your Prince's that are 
like mysteries and that's what creates yeah. the fervor versus Jennifer Lopez where I feel like she really needs to be or appear accessible mm-hmm. in yeah. order for her brand of music, her brand of acting, all of it. I think for any of all of it to work, you know, cause let's face it, even though she's a great actress, she's not like Daniel Day Lewis. Right. <laughs> Why you gotta compare her to a man for? She's not, she's not Meryl Streep. <laughs> She's like, she's more like a Julia Roberts where like, I think you have to, you have to want to consume her art, at least in part because you think you know her. That's how I feel about Julia Roberts is like, you want to see a Julia Roberts movie. You, when you see a Julia Roberts movie, you're seeing it at least in part because you like Julia Roberts and you want to see Julia Roberts being the best Julia Roberts and not, um, the 18th century Irish maid. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because Julia Roberts is an interesting example of that because I mean she's obviously an incredible actress as well and she has that she she still sort of maintains like movie star and JLo's a movie star but I feel like her movies have gotten smaller like like you know it's just not I don't know if it's just because they're rom-coms and that's sort of like not mm-hmm. the thing but I mean, she made a big move with hustlers like she was getting she did, and that came back yeah but like she doesn't I mean Julie Roberts had this thing too where it's like it was probably the 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 most critical success she's ever had with a movie, and um, you know, s- s- mainstream still didn't really give her the credit for it, mm-hmm. right? Like she didn't win any of the awards she was nominated for. Um, but no, I I, I agree with you. I, I yeah, I, and that's why that this song in particular is fun. It's, but it is that sort of paradox of J Lo. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I was listening back to this song, when I was trying to figure out like big picture, like what happened to JLo's singing career? When did it kind of slip up? Um, you know, I, I really do trace it back to the song Get Right. I think that um, in my mind, the song Get Right is kind of like an emperor's new clothes moment uh. for her where in my personal recollection of it, that was the first time I was really like, Oh, her voice is actually unpleasant. Yeah. Like we had been given so many vehicles for Jennifer Lopez's voice up to that point that were so lush, so melodically pleasant, so pop positive, so dancey that we were kind of blinded to like, well, what does her voice actually sound like? You know, and and as the production started to get stripped back, as it leaned more into like hip hop R and B, and it was really just her voice, it it kind of laid bare like what her weakness was. Mm-hmm. You know, which is that, um, you know, she's someone that has always worked very hard publicly to improve her voice. I remember her doing interviews talking about, um, you know, that she was taking vocal lessons because she was not a trained singer, but that she wanted to you know, gain that expertise. And so she was learning about music, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But it gave me the impression sometimes when I listen to her music now that she, she lacks a little bit of emotion in her voice because she sounds like someone that's concentrating very hard on trying to sing well. And I think that it takes a little bit of the spontaneity out of like what she's doing musically. If you, the perfect example of that is if you watch her Good Morning America performance of this song, because it's live, it is live, you can see the effort. Because it, it, it you can see the effort, but also the desire to prove she can do this. Mm-hmm. And it's like they don't quite meet, you know, like, 
Like, but, but like, but to your point about like, she's trying, like the, the relatableness of it. I mean, but at the same, it's, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's like, I relate to it, but also I'm like, I don't want to hear shitty vocals. Well, either like that doesn't make I, I you know i'm not here for relatable content in terms of like oh you can't sing either you know like no not when you're j-lo and you're telling me that you can sing i mean i'm here though for j-lo singing and dancing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the visual aspect of it music yeah. videos all of it put together adds up to something that's very you know pop culturally significant i think mm-hmm. um the last thing that i had on my list to bring up and this 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 also kind of dovetails into this idea of like when the production style of her music changed and her vocals were very much more in the forefront. Um, you know, Jennifer Lopez was dogged with rumors for a long time about ghost singing, you know? And I think that this actually does play a factor in like how her music changes and how I feel like hold it, don't stop, hold it, don't drop. It was kind of like a return to form for her, but like, um, you know, I think we talked about it when we talked about Ashanti. Ashanti says that some of her vocals are in um, I'm Real, the remix. And, um, you know, people talked a long time about how Christina Milian, like you can, you can hear her voice. You can hear Christina Milian's voice in the final version of Play. And um, there were a lot of blind items and rumors for a long time saying that Jennifer Lopez actually doesn't sing her music. I wouldn't go that far. Again, like, I don't know, but like, in my opinion, like listening back to her older discography, it's kind of surprising how much of the backing vocal is actually drowning out Jennifer Lopez's voice or dare I say it like Jennifer Lopez's voice isn't even present for certain parts of the song that mentally for some reason, because Jennifer Lopez will mouth those words in the music video. You, you kind of just trick yourself into believing that that's her voice until you listen really closely. And yeah. And you're like, this is clearly not her voice. Clearly not her voice. I have 20 years of listening to her voice and that's not her voice. (laughs) It's especially prominent in like the choruses to all of her hit songs. It, it's a backing vocalist and Jennifer Lopez's voice is nowhere to be found in the mix. And you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, well, maybe this is just something that happened with like late nineties pop music, but literally like most other pop singers, yes, they have like a nice comfy bed of backing vocalists, but those backing vocalists are in the background, like just mm-hmm. supporting the singer's voice. Whereas so like, you can hear them come in on the top line. Yeah. Whereas like, I, I was like, Oh, Jennifer Lopez's voice is conspicuously missing from a lot of her choruses. And it's not until you get to get right that suddenly it's like, oh, like when you take all of that, that lush bed of voices out, like this is what we're left with. And what I think that they did with Brave and what they did with Hold It, Don't Drop It is actually nice because I can hear Jennifer Lopez's voice throughout the whole song. Her voice doesn't drop out, but they add back a lot of that lush production that I think helps to kind of shield your psyche against the um, unrelenting torrent of JLo screeching. Well, and they, and at least on hold it, don't drop it. It's, it's a more guttural song. Like she has to sing it lower than she normally does. Like she's belting it. It's coming from her diaphragm because even when she, 
that's the other thing too, because like when you watch her perform, because she's performed this live multiple times, it's coming from a different part of her body <laughs> and her voice <laughs> that she can support. She doesn't usually sing like this. And so whether or not, like, I mean, you know, it, it doesn't, it like I said, not my favorite vocal, but from her, I think it's probably one of my favorite vocals of her. I was, you get to the ad libs and I'm like, this is pretty good. <laughs> like I was like, you know, I, I think I would have respected her singing more if she did more of this. Because mm-hmm. she doesn't feel as laid back, I think, as some of the other songs. Yeah. And then, at the end of the day, like, I, the the complete package for me of Jennifer Lopez mm-hmm. is at least in part about the dancing. Mm-hmm. I want a number that I can envision J-Lo dancing to. I don't, I don't necessarily ever want like a J-Lo ballad. I just wish she got no 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 no, and then you know like I also just wish that like you know for being as a list as she is when she does do performances, people get her twenty five dancers, okay. <laughs> Every one of her performances needs to be like the Super Bowl for performance when she was you know it needs to be spectacle, and I think that's the thing. J Lo is such an over outsized personality right and she's so huge in her public consciousness and then you watch some of these public performances that she does and they're so small like like just small like it just you know what i mean it's not mm-hmm. it's it's not the same glamour that she brings to everything else right and you're just like oh this feels like pretending this this feels like to your point about emperor's new clothes it's like oh because yeah cuz she doesn't have the <laughs> that to support like what that would be. But then you go back to the to the Super Bowl performance with her and her and Shakira from what was it 2020? Was that 20? No, 2019. Okay. I thought that was very good. I thought it was like, okay, this is it's this like is the why scale you're a star. That you the scale that I would expect from a JLo, right? I don't expect her in some anonymous arena with where like the the risers that your band is on are just nondescript black. Because <laughs> it looks cheap, yeah. right? Like, J-Lo's not cheap. Nothing about J-Lo is cheap. And then it's like, her plus three dancers. I was just, I was kind of befuddled. <laughs> so I, I want her, you know, do, I, I do I do like Jennifer Lopez. And so let that be the takeaway. I do yes. really enjoy Jennifer Lopez. We love you, J-Lo. Um, originator of the... Uh... She was like the first to do the whole like first initial J Lo. Yeah. Yeah. She's right? the, and, and like Benifer, like <laughs> yeah, the first portmanteau. Yeah. It was there was no Liz and Dick, like what, what, Lick? No. <laughs> <laughs> Liz. Anyway. Um so right. that's that's all I have to say about uh Jennifer Lynn Lopez. Um we still don't we still don't know her we we may never know her but we did our best we did our best all right well take us away jason we want to as always and especially during this second season 
to give special thanks to Adam Elder for composing our theme music. Songs and videos, again, featured in today's episode will be posted to our website, flopperdeemer.com. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice. Check us out on social at flopperdeemer on Instagram and Twitter and at facebook.com slash flopperdeemer and email us at flopperdeemer at gmail.com. Again, we do read every one of your emails and we do take those suggestions <laughs> under advisement still don't know what to do with some of those the uh, more you but, say it the uh, more it sounds like a lie the, 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 no we, it's we true look we don't george, have anything to you. prove we don't have no. anything to prove to anyone no george <laughs> i i discovered miranda cosgrove today thanks to your email not discovered but i don't think i've ever heard a song of hers so here we go who are you anyway for columbus <laughs> all right goodbye goodbye <laughs>